is the Abby Normal Podcast, here to tell you that you're weird and that's normal. Liam is all-encompassing. Voicemails, voice memos, vagina monologues. <laughs> it's the shit that, like, we weren't intentionally recording. Right. Annie and I are chilling in the front yard in the year of social D. Cars and bikes are whizzing by us, and I've asked Annie to tell me about a recent family reconnection. Right, so I met my grandfather for the first time when I was 16 years old, and it was at the funeral of my great-grandfather, his father-in-law, at that funeral is also where I met my father for the first time. And like I said, I was 16. I was angry at the world. I was angry at my mom. I was angry at myself. I was angry at everything. And I wore a lot of eyeliner. Um, black. Black eyeliner. To, so people knew that I was angry. So it was a very interesting time. We... My father and I didn't connect so much. My grandfather and I did. We kept in touch a lot longer than my father and I did. But then about 10 years ago, we like went dark. I moved to a new, it was honestly probably mostly my fault. I moved to a new city. I was in my early twenties and basically to my old life, I was like, goodbye. But my grandfather got back in touch after he heard that I reached out to my father. Cause I was just like, Oh, cool. You're still alive. That's nice. And when my grandfather found out that I reconnected with my father, he immediately got my number from my dad and called me. And then two weeks later, bought a plane ticket and came out and visited me. Surprise. Surprise. Coronavirus be damned. His justification was that the planes are going to be cleaner now than they ever will ever again. Kind of a big deal that he's what 78 yes and decided to fly across the country to see you yes and his again justification for that was planes are cleaner now than they're ever going to be and also and also that basically he's scared he's going to die and wanted to make sure he got to see me beforehand um which i got irresponsible but i i, I get it um Maybe not the best decision, but I'm, gl- I'm glad he did come. We had a wonderful visit. Um, I picked him up from the airport, and then we drove four hours to Fresno, where I'm from and where he's from. We visited family on his side that I, I hadn't really connected with very much before. And then we went up to my cabin, and then we came back to the barrier, and I got to show him a little bit of my life here. So, What did you like about him? Um, he's a cool guy. Like, I don't super align with all of his political views, because, mind you, he's a 78-year-old white man. But he's also cool. Like, he's a musician. He's a jazz musician. He's a jazz drummer. He knows, like, everything there is to know about jazz music. So it's super interesting hearing him talk about it. Um, he, he got to play for Fats Domino when he was like a teenager um so we got to back him which is like really cool and just like he's seen a bunch of cool people live he lived in new york for decades new york city 
And I guess one of his, like, best friends lived the floor below Lou Reed. And he said that Lou Reed was a super annoying neighbor. <laughs> but it's just, like, weird weird stuff like that that you don't... Yeah. Just, he's a, he's a great storyteller, and that, that was what I liked. And he, he really seems to, like, give all the shits about me. <laughs> That's, like, making me cry. But... What, uh, do you feel like you were able to be yourself around him? I was. Uh, like I said, we don't necessarily politically align on everything, and I was able to be vocal about that, and he didn't get weird about it. Like, what were some things that you talked about? Well, he voted for Trump, and he voted for him solely based on the economic prospects that he offered so, yeah, that's something we vastly disagreed on. But you could talk about it. Yeah, we could talk about it, and we did talk about it, so. it's good. Basically, I screamed at him about it. <laughs> good. <laughs> he didn't take it back. He understands where I'm coming from. He understands the situation that we're in now, like. But other than that, like, I don't know, I've never been super, you know, I've never been super tight with my family, so it's been really cool to to connect on that level. So how do you want to keep the relationship going? Well, he came out to visit and he fell madly in love with my dog. And so he wants my dog and I to come visit. So we are, depending on what the world looks like in a couple months, we are going to drive across the country, California to Virginia to go visit. That sounds super fun. You just need a she-we. I do need a shiwi because I am scared of public bathrooms normally right. and now more so than ever. <laughs> yeah, especially. We, when we went to Fresno this past weekend, I packed like five pairs of latex gloves and three masks. I was like, I'm not going to encounter any germs. Yes, that and I'm going to get a shiwi and also probably some like maxi pads just in case I don't make it in time. I feel like that's a good plan. You don't want to be without backup. No, you need back up on a long road trip. My phone's ringing. It's my grandfather. <laughs> Hello? Do you get the Turner Classic Movies, the TCM channel? I don't think so, but I can probably look it up. Alright, there's a movie coming on shortly, and... There's an actor, Victor McLaughlin, okay? Okay. And uh, he, was, he was an old Irish drunk, and he used to dry out. I think I told you this. He had about five acres out there north of Fresno. And my mother was his private duty nurse back in the late 30s. You did okay? mention that, yeah. Yeah, okay, well, this movie's coming on as we speak, so uh, it's going to be called, uh, I think it's The Informer, hang on, Irish Rebels Track Down a Slow-Witted Countryman Who Turned a Friend In for Reward Money During the Troubles or something, we have been doing the Rebellion. Victor McLaughlin, yep. Okay, I'll look it up. Yeah, 1935, and, uh, yeah, you know, Preston Foster was in this, too. He was a big actor back then, so. 
Cool. I'll, I'm, I'm still running errands and running about getting ready to pack for the cabin, but I will look up that movie and make sure I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying, yeah. There's, a, there's somewhat of a family connection there. Whatever it is, I don't know, and I really don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> what are you still... Yeah. It's almost midnight there. What are you still doing up? Uh, it's 11.48. Well, I'm drinking a glass of wine. And I'm, you know, got a little munchy thing going here and whatever, you know. All right, kiddo. I'll talk to you. Night, night. Love you. Talk to you soon. Love right. you too. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Have a, have a safe trip, okay? I will. I'll call you when I get home. Thank you. All bye-bye. right. Bye-bye. So that was that was the man himself. Oh, my God. That was, like, the best thing that my heart has ever heard. <laughs> he's just so wonderful. I love that. Yeah, he's a lovely individual. I... <laughs> like Annie's grandpa, who gives all the shits and calls about a midnight movie and a memory.